Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. It's that little chico pit boom, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide. You already know what it is. Listen to my new podcast from negative to positive. Subscribe today. Now, part of the things that we're doing over here at negative to positive is encouraging people to change their lives, change the things that are within their power. I want to thank our good friends at KFC for helping me bring this to you. Feed your whole crew with KFC. Let's go. I can get the KFC bucket of chicken and you know, that's fire. Now, Bobo, you know that you could get that mac and cheese, that mashed potato, gravy, those biscuits. Now, that's that's trouble right there. That is fire right there. You know, on negative to positive, we're always talking about striving and achievement. And, and the Colonel Sanders story is, is a story that inspired me since I was 10 years old. Look how life comes full circle. Now I'm talking about Colonel Sanders and Kentucky Fried Chicken and how much I love it. <laughs> Listen to my new podcast from negative to positive. Check out the vodcast. Subscribe today. Apple Podcast. Podcast One. Spotify. I have been fed, that's a fact. I have been fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's PowerCash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, figgins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash PowerCash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Christmas. We have a very special episode today. We're going to talk about the best movies of 2019. The best TV shows of 2019. Our favorite trades that dropped this year. We're going to look at the whole year. Let us celebrate the many, many gifts that were given to us. Uh, And, you know, mostly ignore the things that were less good. In 2019... There was so much good that we don't have time for the less good. It's been a great year. Far too much content to even look at those things. Holy crap, 2019. Yeah, 2019. I like every year in comicdom gets better and better. And every year I think it's going to reach a peak where I'm like, well, I believe anything now. But this year proved once again things that I never thought would happen. Honestly, the case. That is a very good description of what this year was like in comics. And we got an amazing ton of comic-related media, and we're going to run it all down for you today. I'm Amy Dallin. I'm Cordrondro. This is episode 337 of Collider Heroes, and this is our 2019 year in review, which I insisted on calling from endgame to nothing ever ends because I'm insufferable. I'm, I'm going to call it Days of Christmas Past because yes. we're shooting it before, and it's a time travel <laughs> experience because time's a flat circle. Who knows what just happened? It's from the past. You probably can't hear those sirens, but imagine them. Uh, They're going off for how exciting this year was. Uh, So let's start. Let's start out. 2019 in movies. Here is the list uh, of comic book related movies from this year. Um, And this time we're using an actual list. (laughs) We've learned a a bunch of movies. Captain frigging Marvel. Um, We're sticking to the theatrical release live action ones here. Uh, Shazam. Hellboy, Avengers Endgame, Dark Phoenix, Men in Black International, somewhere in there was Battle Angel Alita, I forgot to put it in the right time place, Uh, Spider-Man Far From Home, The Kitchen, and finally, Joker. Nice year. Top three. 
Three? I think we do top three. Top three. And we'll just we'll live in that space. Okay. okay so of my, those many, many amazing comic book media related movies that came out in 2019. Koi, top three. My my number one tied. I, I had to decide. It was really close, but I'm going to edge out Joker by Endgame just a little. So Endgame is my number one, but like the margin of error, it's crazy. Like it's like a, it's like a 98 and a 99%. So <laughs> Endgame, Joker, Shazam. Those are my three. All right. Uh, I think Endgame isn't as strong necessarily independently as Infinity War, which is why it was a tricky thing to judge. It's a movie that needs the 22 movies leading up to it, and that I nothing exists like this, so there's no way to compare it to another thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if it's fair to say, you know, it, it's not a standalone film, so it's not as good as blank, but it, it redefined what sequels are, redefined what a series is, it redefined, it is the series finale of a series of movies, not a show, and it's a summation while also traveling through, the, it's magic. So Endgame was uh, iconography I never thought I'd see, it was a limitless budget for a battle, it was, I got to finally have them assemble, it was so much, I almost, I had a moment of like, don't spoil Avengers just now, but it can't, I was like, <laughs> Don't say he said that. You've probably seen it. It made $3 billion, 2.7 or whatever. I So Endgame edges out just a little bit. And then uh, that was all like the hyper positive emotions. Okay. Okay. Joker, all of the opposite. The it, journey. Isolated, lonely, broken, nauseous, sad, dejected. Bleh. Like I felt so bad watching the Joker when I saw it the third time. I was like, why do I keep doing this to myself? <laughs> and I really think that it, like good art is something that makes you feel, whether it makes you feel positively or negatively, it made me feel. So that's why it almost edged out Endgame, but I will always say positivity wins because the world is dark. So I gave it to Endgame out of sheer force of will of happiness because Endgame <laughs> made me happy and Joker made me uh, So I think Joker is, is an incredible film. I think it, it shows what comic book movies can be on the other side. Like, you know, you can have these these giant team-ups. You can also have these standalones that don't live in the source material. I think, I think they're interesting two sides of the same coin. And then finally, Shazam is just wonderful. It's so warm and pleasant, and it's about family, and I think adoption is really important. And I think that you really need to embrace that family is such a different dynamic, right? Like, there's so many different types of family. So I think that Shazam really showed that in a beautiful way with storytelling, that superhero movies can tell so many stories, and that one really just near and dear to my heart. Uh, and that isn't my camera, that is. Hello, Internet. Uh, so, yeah, Shazam meant a lot to me. I love the feel of it. I love that DC is taking chances. I love DC two out, of, two out of three this year for me. Honestly... A really fun year in movies uh, on all those counts. It is hilarious. We have moved slightly from our normal positions on the desk, and, and we don't know where to look. Off. It turns out uh, this year was all about us getting very attached to where those seats were. I sit there, and but it's very confusing. <laughs> it is time. Uh, I have to... So this was my idea to, like, pin us down to a top three, and I don't know what jerk thought that we had to pick a top three. <laughs> it was me. I'm the jerk. She's the jerk. But I did it. I did it. My top three for this year, number one... Avengers Endgame. I think you really captured it. It does something unique among movies. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we got to watch it happen in real time in our lifetimes, which is very amazing to me. Uh, As a longtime fan of connected comic book universes and serialized storytelling that was like, nobody else is ever going to get to understand this feeling that we have as comic book fans. And now they do. Uh, So go ahead and read the comics, y'all. You can have that feeling all the time. Uh, (laughs) But it is, I, I think... Honestly, I think it works very well as a chapter. It is like the question of is it a standalone? Obviously not. It's the conclusion to something. But it does have its own beginning, middle, and end. It has its own internal logic. It has its own emotional arcs that I really, really loved. It was a profoundly affecting, effective movie. It did the things it was setting out to do so well. 
Uh, it closed the door on a chapter uh, that has been such a part of our lives. Spoilers for next week. We're going to be talking about the decade the at large. Decade. That's, I, I'm overwhelmed just thinking of like <laughs> the, the only saving grace. Sorry to interrupt. Was yep. that I? I don't have to talk about 2008. Because that's Dark Knight. Like, yeah. you know, like, the bar is, like, the Dark Knight came Dark out. Dark Knight year is, yeah. like, woof. It was so relieving to be like, oh, right, 2010. Like, I don't have to <laughs> compare anything. Uh, but Endgame as a capital, all that, and as a movie that just... The, the sheer fact that it didn't let us down should not have been possible. Those, yeah. That positive emotion, that collective experience that we had going to that movie, being part of celebrating that movie with everyone, uh, trying to all preserve for each other the experience <laughs> of seeing the movie, it's going to be a cherished memory for a long, long time. And I think the movie's really good. <laughs> so that helps. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Endgame's my number one. For me, my number two of this year would have to be Captain Marvel. Uh, I honestly think that movie is great. Uh, I know that different people had different experiences with it. Uh, there are people who legitimately didn't like it. There are people who set out to dislike it. There's a whole variety of things. But I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about the movie, which I thought was fun and funny and surprising and intelligent. Uh, made me cry. Didn't get me till the second time through. Mm. It's Carol and Maria's reunion that's at the emotional heart of that movie that really got through for me. They take on a lot in that movie. You have to handle multiple time periods, multiple locations in space, and multiple shifts in perspective. But it makes it really fun and surprising throughout. Uh, and I love the performances in it. I love the writing of it. I love the shooting of it. I love the soundtrack. Uh, I am so excited that that movie, A, exists, and B, was so well-received by the wider public that it made a billion freaking dollars for one of my favorite characters of all time. Uh, so as a Carol Danvers stan going in, it had a lot to accomplish for me. Um, and I am... So excited at the doors that that movie has now kicked open for the future because we are getting, a, in theory, a friggin' sequel, which we'll have a date at some point. Probably secretly already part of seven different other things that we I just don't know about. I guarantee we've seen the date on one of those lists. We just don't know which date on yeah. one of those lists. It made a billion dollars. Yeah. Uh, so, well done, filmmakers of Captain Marvel. You are my number two for this year. And then, because I made up these rules and put myself <laughs> in this situation, I get to immediately cheat and break them because it is a tie for number three. My number three is a tie between... Spider-Man Far From Home and Shazam, uh, which were both very different, fun, coming-of-age kind of movies. Uh, I love what you said about Shazam and the family themes is honestly a huge part of what takes this movie, which like could have been just fun, big with superpowers adventures and adds so much heart and meaning to it. For me, the tone in Shazam is a little bit uneven, mm. uh, which is one of the reasons it's not like necessarily the number one spot. Uh, but I'm really happy that it hit with people. I'm really thrilled we're getting more. Uh, Darla is everything. <laughs> that movie is so much fun. I'm really glad it exists. But it's basically tied with Spider-Man Far From Home, but also has another of the best young casts going. Really good writing, really good directing. A few sequences, as you alluded to throughout this year, that will live in our memories forever. Uh, Remember that time Jake Gyllenhaal played Mysterio in real did. life? Remember that time we somehow got to the point where Jake Gyllenhaal played Steve Ditko's Mysterio? And then there was a John Romita sequence that lasted seven minutes that I didn't think would ever happen in my life. I just wanted 2019, thank you. Also, thank you to the fact that there's three comic movies that I liked more than a Spider-Man movie. Like, the fact that Spider-Man is so the number much, one. Like, it's so much to deal with. Spider-Man's number one every year ever, and somehow there were movies. I just, it's incredible. Incredible. Yeah. Uh, 
so those are my top three. Uh, I, I, there are a couple I missed this year. Still got to get to Men in Black, so I feel bad because I, I haven't seen the kitchen yet, so I can't properly. It. The kitchen was really interesting as an experiment in adapting some of these other genre things, and I'm so glad it exists for that reason. Mm -hmm. It's a mixed bag in terms of whether it succeeds at the things it's setting out to do. It's kind of trying to do do different things. Uh, But again, a great cast, and I am pleased. Adapt so many more of the non-superhero stuff. Our lists this year, are they all superhero-y? They are all, I mean, if you count Joker. I I don't know if I count Joker. I don't think it's a superhero. But the movie wasn't a superhero movie. The movie That's wasn't. That's true. So I'd say the, uh, we're looking at the movie, not the subject matter. So I'd say there's – and the Joker's only in 15 minutes of that movie. Like he evolves into the Joker. I would argue that is not a superhero film. That is a movie taking place within the world. But I don't think it counts as adapting non-superhero material. It's not adapting any material. It is. It's the Joker. <laughs> Coy. But Joker doesn't have an origin. Joker is uh, – I, I guess – You can't adapt something that doesn't exist. If you make a Robin Hood movie, is an adaptation. It depends on if you're telling the story of Robin Hood, if you're telling the story of someone that steals from the rich and gives to the poor, which is many people. And is called Robin Hood? I don't know. I, I have no more semantics. <laughs> I, my only, the fights that I love are when I pick fights about really meaningless stuff. Like, is it adapting Robin Hood if you're making Robin Hood? Uh, but like superhero. he's legends, but he's also a story, but you're not necessarily, necessarily using narrative elements of the traditional ways you're presenting him, but you're still making a Robin Hood movie. But there's no superhero elements in the Joker film. <laughs> So therefore, is it a superhero movie? It's a comic book movie because it's based off a character that's in comic books. Guys, we're not lawyers. Let us know in the comments which yeah. one of us won this. Take a vote. I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll abide by your decision, uh, whether that counts. But in terms of my wider, like, please adapt more of the non, of the other comic book stuff that is out there. We're always talking about our indie faves at science fiction, slice of life, family drama. There's so much great stuff out there. Please adapt all of it. Uh, and on that front, uh, special bonus points to the kitchen. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Uh, do you have any more thoughts on movies of this year? Uh, we have so much to get to. I mean, I, for me, I was really shocked at how consistently there was something in the theater that was comic book based, but I didn't feel overwhelmed until late summer. Like mm. there was always something and I was always going through that. And I think it wasn't just superhero stuff. There's so many giant blockbusters by late summer. I was like, okay, I need some, I need to slow it down. And now that it's Oscar season, I'm back. Like now that, <laughs> now that movies are contained again, now that we've got like Honey Boy and Ford Ferrari and like so many movies that are, you know, here I'm, I'm back to being rejuvenated and ready for the next superhero. Onslaught, but it was the first year that I was like, "There's always something I could see in my little wheelhouse," and that felt that felt nice. Yeah, it is. I mean, I I try not to focus on the things I didn't love as much. It is not a great feeling that there was a new X Men movie this year and it didn't make either of our top three. Yeah, as longtime X Men fans. Yeah, uh, but the future is hopefully bright for comic books and the characters we love. And maybe this time next year we'll be talking about who we're excited to see become those characters. And it's, it's more watchable than people think. I don't know if that's a great review, but sure is more watchable than people think. <laughs> that's, 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 and Hellboy too. Hellboy, more watchable than people think. <laughs> I just decided to leave you hanging like, on yeah, that one. Let's, yeah. let's have some dead air. All right, so that's, that's movies for the year. I feel like next year we'll have even more to say because there's oh even more gosh, comic book movies next Wonder year. Wonder Woman. So much stuff is coming up next year. The Eternals is going to be uh, the, the genre redefining from what I've heard about it. Like, I can't wait. But 2020, we'll dive into that stuff. I think that's the end of our movies. What do we got next? Uh, next, as we talk about the amazing bounty of great uh, comic book adaptation content, we can... I mean, how do you talk about Crisis on Infinite Earth? Okay, so if there was a movie that just happened to be on TV, it'd be Crisis on Infinite Earth, and it happened to be five hours long. It's well, a giant... 
here's here's actually the the tie-in here. What you were saying about Endgame doing something frankly ridiculous and that is not possible for any other movie franchise. The DC TV shows are doing that right now. They are doing something that both is steeped in comic book history and should be totally impossible and is impossible for anyone who doesn't have 17 simultaneously running superhero shows that they've been making for almost a decade. What is even happening? Crisis on Infinite Earths is happening and the torch is getting passed from one green arrow to another and we got to talk to her. Kat McNamara came to visit us in the studio. We haven't had a chance to talk to you since you took on this role. What was the journey for you? Like, was there a day that you found out what was up? Was it a long process? Was there (laughs) one moment? It was a gradual process with a very rip-off-the-band-aid beginning, (laughs) as it were. Because, as you know, with these shows, they keep everything tightly under wraps. Mm -hmm. So when I auditioned, it was for a character that interacted with Green Arrow and Wild Dog, who was a rookie cop. Who, you know, is a rookie cop who's very by the rules but has a dark past or something. You know, whatever they say to keep it mysterious. <laughs> yeah. So once I got the role, then I started doing research on, okay, so I'm in the SCPD, so what is that all about? And what training do cops go through? And what does that happen, you know, and, and have in store? And then I get a call from Beth Schwartz, who's our showrunner. She says, hey, congratulations. I'm so happy that you're on the show. We we're excited to have you. By the way, everything you know is a lie. You're Oliver and Felicity's daughter. Okay, thanks. Bye. <laughs> wait, wait. Hold on. Slow <laughs> uh, down. Uh. Let me breathe first and form English words to come out of my mouth. Um What? <laughs> I was so floored because I knew this character had a potential to, to stay on the show, but I didn't know in this capacity. <laughs> and having been on Shadowhunters for years and with Malik being such like a huge ship, Elicity was always there in every essence with it. And so I knew the power of the Elicity fandom and I knew <laughs> how much people attached to that, that ship and to those two characters and everything. And, and I knew I had my work cut out for me. Um, but I didn't even know her name for a long time. Wow. Like they, I had no idea what her name was. The first episode I did, they only called her Black Star. But at that point, I thought her name was Maya. And then there was a whole different backstory that uh, different than what we had through for episode 12 moving forward. And they, as they developed the show, they kept changing things and honing in on who she really was going to be. And it turned out so beautifully in the end. So she was absolutely delightful. You can catch Spirit Riding Free Spirit of Christmas right now on Netflix. And of course, Mia on Arrow. The changing first the world. three? And in, what, from right now, it's like two weeks, two to three weeks until we come back? It, I, several weeks. It's almost a month, Coy. It's time is confusing when you're filming in the past future. <laughs> but also it feels like seven years until we're going to find out how Crisis ends. Yeah. Crisis on Infinite Earths, a real thing happening on television in the year of our nerd 2019. And like, happening right now. <laughs> like, And it's so surreal to watch some of the cameos they got. And it's so surreal to think back on like the frames they captured. Like Seeing the George Perez influence on that is just, it's been magic. Yeah, reread the comics because from the voiceover to the imagery to the like, they're, they're nodding at it every which way. And doing a bunch of stuff that is unique to the world they've built on TV. Uh, I, it makes me so happy. And Kingdom Come, Brandon Ralph is just, I want that show. I'd watch a whole show, but Kingdom Come, Brandon Ralph. Come on. 
fun. And if you want to connect back to the amazing material that makes these things happen, you need some comics. So we have a very special pull list this week. We wanted to do our top five trades that came out this year, collections or collected editions that came out this year for your gifting pleasure, for your own bookshelf, uh, just as a year in review. What have we got this year, Coy? All that cash you got in those Christmas cards, this is where you spend it. We've got <laughs> House of X and Powers of Ten, the whole shebang, all 12 issues collected. One giant hardcover finally out in stores. This next one I'm going to let you take. Well, you see, the thing about Mr. Miracle is it changed comic books, it changed my perspective on the world, and it's a damn perfect book. Pick Just, if you don't even read comics, if, you, if someone hates comics, buy them this book. Alright, a bunch of our favorite series ended this year, which was really tough to live through, but many new great things were born, and my favorite from this year uh, in collected editions is the first volume of Die, the goth D&D Jumanji adventure by Kieran Gillen and Stephanie Hans uh, that had its first collection this year and is, uh, you know, breaking all our hearts forever. A run just ended. One of my favorite runs of Spider-Man of all time. I've been reading Spidey since I could read. I learned to read with Spider-Man, so saying it's one of my favorites is a tall order. And that is Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man by Tom Taylor. This first arc, this first collection is Tom Taylor and Juan Cabal. It is, it is as perfect as a comic can get. It is delightful. Check it out. All right, and once again, I made up the criteria for how this list would work, and I have to laugh because I really wanted to call BS on this nope. when Koi put this on the list, but it couldn't be our first annual year in review comics list without this. So, Koi, what's coming in at number five? Compendium One of Saga was released this year. I don't <laughs> care when those first comics were printed because I missed the boat. They came out this year for me, and they came out this year for you, dear viewer, uh, unless you already read them, which, good, good, I'm glad you beat me to. It. Saga <laughs> Compendium 1, uh, it's all 54 issues. It is, you're up to hiatus when you finish this compendium. It is, it is seven years worth of comic books. We're on hiatus right now. It catches you up. It is, it is the Old Testament of glory. It's just, it's everything. It is a, a giant paperback thick book that is everything so far. It is probably, I think, like $54.99, mm-hmm. but it is Which everything. means a dollar an issue. Which means one dollar <laughs> per issue of Saga. So when you look at a price point like $54, I know I'm like, whoa, $54, but when you realize it's a dollar an issue for one of the best comics ever written and Fiona Staples art is some of the most beautiful art ever printed that is a steal it is a truly astounding bargain and it did you are correct come out this year in this edition the material it collects comes up through last fall we're all waiting eagerly for it to be back but yeah this is our any more thoughts on our our top five I I can't imagine a world without Saga or Mr. Miracle Mm -hmm. so it's really cool that I both were this year, and the fact that I've been reading comics for 28 years, and I had two books this year that changed my perspective on the art form, yeah. felt really cool to dis- to discover stuff so deep in it. Like, we do a show about comics, and I found two new that... I- it was really cool that two of my picks were stuff that I hadn't even touched before. Yeah. So it felt real good. The, the genuinely new is one of the best things in comics, mm-hmm. because comics are such a beautiful creative field where you can just throw things out there. Uh, it's not easy. Obviously, they take a ton of work and commitment and time, and people put their whole lives into it but the, there is more freedom than you get in things like tv and movies which is why tv and movies are always trying to catch up with comics i'm just saying and i discovered fiona staples this year i so because i i didn't know her work before and i didn't know mitch gerard's or tom king till this year mm. so i got three new creators out of that medley i knew tom taylor new one so it was really cool to discover new people that i've now like tracked all of their other work down and and definitely been walking through artist alley like oh and it is a, an article of faith with me that you are never late to the party. Uh, so it is always a perfect time to find a new favorite or a new favorite creator. I do it all the time. Uh, I made up some more awards to give out this year. 
What do you got? Best graduating class. This year, we got the final issues or collections of Wicked and Divine, Paper Girls, Giant Days, Walking Dead, Doomsday Clock is wrapping up right now, Batman is finishing up, uh, the Tom King, sorry, Tom King is finishing up with Batman, not vice versa. Uh, but yes, these are a few of the series that left us this year after many year things. And a very special shout out, my best hope for the future award, goes to Guts by Raina Telgemeier, tied, because again, I made up these rules so I can break them, with DC's Young Readers line. Uh, and I put in DC's Black Label line. <laughs> I've, re- I've not read a single Black Label book I haven't loved. So I love that we both had the dichotomy of like what DC's putting out, the Young Readers, and I'm like, give me more darkness and murder. On both fronts, they expanded their publishing this year in a way that was so satisfying, uh, because you talked uh, to the creators of Teen Titans uh, Raiders. Yeah, and that book's brilliant. I love like seventh printing or something crazy like and that. Cami Garcia loves the world that she like she had so many thoughts and ideas about more things and Piccolo the artist just like it, they both care so much and you feel that so I love that it's getting so many printings and uh, Cami Garcia is also doing a black label book because mm-hmm. she's doing Criminal Sanity so I love that there is a true crime book from the same mind as a young Raven book Cami killing it camera sitting there <laughs> Cami killing it we are so thrown off <laughs> but yeah DC like launching those two trajectories and I love their uh, their horror books and I'm not a horror book guy I, I really like the Hill House stuff like Joe Hill's arm of dc is also a, a new new hit for me yeah my my emotional arc this year when i was like what do you mean vertigo and that it's like here's all the books that i think would have had vertigo on them anyway um there's vertigo an asterisk books by me. that because i there's no official source for that i'm just saying it they're vertigo books in my heart every yeah. time i read a black label book i'm like oh this vertigo i mean black <laughs> label book uh, but yeah, it's an honestly great, great time to be reading comics. If you had a favorite that wasn't on our list, please tweet it at us because that is my favorite thing. Um, I picked Die to kind of represent all the launches this year, but there obviously were a ton of great new series that came around this year. Some of them won't have their collections till next year, so we'll see who makes next year's end of the year thing. It is one of my favorite things about going through these is like, I also was like, Mr. Miracle wasn't this year. February trade, summer was the hard copy. Absolutely. The hard cover is gorgeous. That hard cover is just, and miniseries wise, we had like Silver Server Black this year. Mm-hmm. We had Absolute Carnage this year. So both houses and the indies all killing it. Yeah, special, nor, another made up award to Donny Cates for doing the impossible and making everybody super hooked on uh, a 2019 Venom and Carnage thing. Yeah, just Donny Cates. Good year. So like Silver Server Black and Absolute Carnage. Like just Donny Cates. Redneck's great. Just good good on you, man. <laughs> uh, much more to look forward to in 2020, which, of course, you will be hearing about here on Collider Heroes every week. This week, there are some new comics in store, just not many. Uh, the Dial H trade comes out this week, Ooh. which I'm very excited about. Uh, but we thought this would be a good time for a year under review. But you can go to your shop and get some new books this week and next week. They are just small weeks. And next week uh, here, we're going to look to the future and do a 2020 looking ahead. So keep an eye out for that comic, movie, TV, all that jazz. Wait, no. Next week's decade. I forgot. The decade is ending. Guys, don't mind me. I'm just here. I'm just talking. We will eventually, though, look forward to things we are excited about. <laughs> we don't know what day it is. We're in the wrong chairs. Uh, <laughs> and while we are so disoriented, let's talk about the year I officially could not keep up with amazing comic book goodness on TV. Because it is 2019 uh, TV based on comics and comic related works. And I have prepared a partial list. Are you ready for I'm this? I'm ready. I'm excited. All right. This is me attempting via the internet and the top of my head to list live action television works that came out this year or had new issues this year that are based on comics. 
Umbrella Academy, Gotham wrapped up, Titans, Stumptown, in the category of You Forgot It Was a Comic, Walking Dead, and the associated Walking Dead shows, Batwoman, Mm -hmm. Supergirl, Black Lightning, The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, we had new Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. earlier this year, Riverdale, Arrow, of course, Watchmen, Daybreak on Netflix, uh, Runaways on Hulu, Sabrina, I think, had new issues this year. You said issues, it is issues. You know I think everything is comics. Pennyworth. Yes, brilliant. Doom Patrol, Jessica Jones. I believe we got the finales of Preacher this year. We got the final season of Punisher this year. I forgot that I was only doing live action and put Young Justice on here. (laughs) Deadly Class came out this year. Legion had its final season. iZombie wrapped up. I think there was new Lucifer. I think there was new Happy. I believe they wrapped up The Gifted and had the final season of The Tick. I'm pretty sure Winona Earp came out this summer. Raising Dion is on Netflix, and we I don't think I've had a chance to talk about or review that one yet. Krypton ended this year. End of the freaking world uh, is based on a comic. Cloak and Dagger had new things. Swamp Thing came out, and oh yeah, The Boys. Wow. And that's not all of them. You had to stop. That was me giving up when I hit 37 on the comic book TV thing. So for, I, I'm going to say this. I, I welcome your corrections in this instance. Which ones did I forget? Which animated series do you think I should have included uh, along with cheating and putting Young Justice Outsiders on there? <laughs> uh, what was this year? So I did. I started my top list. And since we did three for movies, I did five for shows. Okay. Okay. So speed speed round. Watchmen is is. I mean, I mean, I, I don't I mean. know. I don't know if that's fair to just it's Watchmen. Like to me, that's the Dark Knight of 08. Like Watchmen changed TV. Watchmen, not just comic book content. This might be my favorite show in a long time, much less a comic book show. This might be my favorite comic book show of all time. And I never thought Daredevil would lose its number one spot. Uh, and then The Boys also came out this year. And whereas Watchmen adapted something I never thought should be adapted, The Boys did a thing where it actually improved on the source material, like Watchmen did, but in a much more direct way. This is actually based off the comic. It's a linear adaptation that improves something. The Boys is brilliant. It is dark. It is depraved. Then, Umbrella Academy. Umbrella Academy... I, I love Gerard Way's mind. I never thought I'd see it in 3D. I never thought we'd get, like, Gerard Way translated in front of us. I love the cast. I freaking love uh, the the imagery they used. I love the musicality of the show. I just, Umbrella Academy was real magical. And then just for some Netflix love, I got to give some credit to Jessica Jones Season 3 and mm. Punisher Season 2. I like Punisher Season 1 more, but Punisher Season 2 is still, John Bernthal, like, he was born the Punisher. He even got his nose broken like a John Romita senior drawing. Like, <laughs> the man was just getting to us. Uh, and then Jessica Jones, like, what a strong show that was all three seasons uh so yeah the five those are my top five uh i had also listed as notable i i made a special like watchman obviously the boys i had to put on there because i knew we needed to need to talk about it uh crisis on infinite earths deserves its own category because a it is still going on so we'll get to talk about it again next year uh but also because as we discussed earlier it's it shouldn't be possible, and mm-hmm. it's not like anything that has ever happened, and that makes me so happy. Uh, Umbrella Academy, obviously, uh, maybe my fave of the year with Watchmen, Doom Patrol. Yeah. Doom Patrol is so special to me. My standard disclaimer, I work for DC Universe, and I love it very, very much, but this show is incredible. I think I cried through the back half of the season. Uh, there is so much going on on it. It is weirder than you can imagine, uh, which is exactly what you need out of a Doom Patrol show. <laughs> Obviously, Umbrella Academy was so amazing to see come to life. And then I put this on the list just because it is the show of our hearts. 
Runaways. Runaways. Yeah. Our runaways are back for season three. Dorian is clapping off camera. Uh, we, I just love them. I love spending time with these characters. I love that we got three seasons of this show. Uh, I don't know what the future holds for those characters, but hopefully great things for everybody involved. In my opinion, Fantastic Four is Marvel's first family, but the runaways are Collider Heroes' first family. <laughs> I'd say runaways, they're, they're ours. Like, I, I'm a we want to adopt all of them, including the parents. I'm in, oh, it's no, we're claiming all we have 14. a normal relationship with the show. I'm adopting old ladies, too. We're, we're taking all oh, the yes. cast, the whole thing. We got adults, kids, dinosaurs, all of it. Good guys, bad guys, everybody. Uh, so I, I agree with your list. It was an incredible year. Uh, I, the fact that we have 37 shows, we can't even break down all of them. The fact that this was the first year I ran out of time to watch the content that was sheer comic-based. I barely watched non-superhero TV, and I still ran out of time. I was doing my top 10 shows of the year, and six of them are comic book-based. That's crazy, <laughs> much less the 30 I missed. And uh, I, I did love what you said about the end of the Marvel Netflix shows, uh, because obviously John Bernthal as Punisher is always going to have a special place in my heart, and Jessica Jones is just truly... A, a character who has always meant so much to me that I can't believe we got three seasons of. And you can always go back to those, and that's what I love about people were really upset, and I'm still upset that Daredevil got canceled, and I'm upset they got, we lost all of those, but you can always go back to them, and rewatching those shows, they hold up incredibly well, and it, it's a really special corner of the universe, a lot like Marvel Knights, and those shows feel like Marvel Knights, and that they're their own little, little imprint. They're over there being great. <laughs> Uh, and that is our rundown, I think, as much as we can uh, manage of TV for superheroes this year. But I want to know which were your favorites that we didn't get to or get to deep dive on this year. So please tweet us all that stuff. And last week we dove into Watchmen, so please let us know what you thought about the oh, Watchmen stuff. Because yeah. that's why we didn't deep dive here, because Watchmen's its own animal. <laughs> Now, we obviously could go on forever. We do not have a giant size this week. We are taking this week off. Uh, it is our little holiday, but we will be back next week with something very special. Not only are we doing that decade in review, we will be joined by John Roca to run that down for both the show and the podcast next week. So expect a full hour and a half of decade goodness, because, man, 2010, 2020 is a hell of a thing. And we want to thank Heroes and Villains, our sponsors for these amazing shirts. They do really, really wonderful quality merchandise with incredibly cool designs based on the things that we love. They've been sponsoring us this month. The, and if you want to save some money on your very excellent uh, Heroes and Villains merchandise, use the code HEROES10. You can save some money. You should do that. This stuff's great. Give it as gifts. Get it for yourself. Uh, honestly, I love it. Thank you very much to them. And if you have a wonderful holiday, whatever you may or may not be celebrating right now. And Enjoy until- the lack of traffic. And until <laughs> next week, stay, stay sweaty. sweaty. It's that little chico pitbull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. I have pen fed, that's a fact. I have pen fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's Power Cash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, friggin'.
Jones, you've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash PowerCash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA.